Blog Talk Radio. Good, well, good afternoon slash good morning, because it's noon for me, and it's, I think, 10 a.m. for our guest. This is Michael, and we're doing a, the, the last show of March in our continuing series of episodes for covering Sherm 18 bloggers and get, getting, giving people a chance to get to know them. Um, couldn't think of a better person to close out the month of March with than our guest, Carrie, Kelly Mellander. Gosh. Kelly Marinelli. Kelly, welcome to Drive Through. How are you today? Obviously, I need more coffee. <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks so much, Michael. It's great to be here with you. So, yeah, thanks. <laughs> My I, name's uh, a uh, tongue twister. <laughs> yeah, Michael Vandervoort, Kelly Marinelli. It's just like, where, where, where's Bob Smith when you need him, right? You know? So, anyway. <laughs> I know. So, Kelly, <laughs> so, so, so Kelly you, you, you and I have have had had a chance to meet a couple of years ago at a Sherm conference. Uh, you 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 uh, you watched me do a short presentation on introversion introversion and using social media, and then we went into the ultimate act, extrovert session. Steve Brown and I walked up and introduced <laughs> myself, and and ever since then we've had a really cool. Um, although like most long distance uh, HR relationships, you don't see each other very often, but we've had a really uh, a nice chance to get to know each other and. Um, I, I just always get it. I always have a big smile on my face when I know I'm going to talk to you. So anyway, now that I've given you that big, uh, big personal endorsement, for those of the folks that, that are listening that may not know you, uh, tell us about Kel- Kelly and what you do and where you live and all that cool stuff. Absolutely. Well, first I want to say I I really appreciate the fact that we can come together whenever we are in the same place. And it always feels like we just left. And so um, these relationships that start online or at these SHRM conferences can turn into really great professional friendships. And I feel like we're in that category. And I'm just really glad that you came up and introduced yourself. And I'm continuing to learn from you all the time. So, um, and I, so where, what I'm about and what I do is I, I describe my practice in HR as very, I do a lot of similar work to what all of the internal folks do. Um, typically I do things that are a little bit more complex, the kinds of things where you're just kind of, uh, saying I give up help. (laughs) So, um, my company, Solve HR, is, uh, is I'm based here in Boulder, Colorado, and I work with all kinds of different clients, big and small. It's a lot of fun. I love this work. Um, Boulder, I, I, I've only been out there a few times, but Boulder is um, just an. It, it's kind of. It, I mean, it's it's nothing like Sedona, but it's it's. It's an amazing place, and I kind of hold it in the same regard as Sedona. I mean, you can go there and see just breathtaking things, like on every yeah. every time you turn around. And you, you you are so lucky to live there, I think. Although I don't hate where I live, but uh, we don't have we don't have those as those nice mountains and those great blue skies. You said yesterday, the day before yesterday, it was seventy, and then yesterday it snowed. So. <laughs> You're in that that crazy time of of the mountain weather, right? It's definitely that crazy time in um in um in the springtime. And I actually tweeted a picture recently 
of uh, the, our beautiful 70-degree sunny weather. And then Mary Faulkner, who's in Denver out here close to me, said, um, okay, you can do that, but then you also have to include the picture of the snow that we're going to get uh, tomorrow, which I did that as well. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful out here. It's always beautiful, whether it's snowing or whether it's sunny. Um, it's a place that – it is a special place. And the fact that you put it up there with Sedona is high praise, too. Um, but I, I really – I love to look out my back window and see mountains, and and it definitely keeps my spirits high, all this sunshine. <laughs> we won't – I won't jump on that obvious high joke. Uh, I'm not going to no, actually, actually, less. That, this, you're, you're the, yeah, let's, let's do. Let's for a minute do, talk about that um, because Denver. I, I mean, many states, right, are are making things d- different for the use of marijuana and cannabis rules and, and laws are a, like a big struggle for different for many employers right now. Um, but you live in a state yeah. where it, they took the they took the lead on making it legal and like how, to, how just. Just, you know, like real quick, how does that affect employers in Colorado? And, and, you know, just, I guess, comment on that if you would. Yeah, I I have a lot of thoughts on that, Michael, because um, it definitely affects employers um, in, you know, in every industry, but in in safety-sensitive industries where they have a drug-free workplace program in place, um, you know, if there's a federal uh, reason that they need that, you know, for instance, folks uh, ha- are regulated by the Department of Transportation for commercial driver's right. licenses. It's very, that's really clear what they need to do. But um, in other industries, I've found that folks are, they might be continuing their drug testing, but they're making exceptions for um, any substances that are, quote, legal in the state. Um, and so, okay. because it's difficult to, it's difficult to, um, recruit, um, frankly, because, uh, so many, uh, adults in our state do, um, at least occasionally indulge in marijuana. Um, I personally don't enjoy doing that, but, um, mm-hmm. but I, but, you know, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. So, you know, mm-hmm. folks folks have to be willing to work within that um, kind of framework when you're trying to hire entry-level people, you know, into your organization, you might have trouble finding people who can pass a THC test. And especially, especially in a tight labor market, right? I mean, like we have now where, you know, we're already, you know, I I did a survey uh, for the the membership of the organization that I run. One of our members asked if we had any information on, you know, whether there were changes in drug testing practices taking place in the industry. In industry, and they were they were essentially interested in any industry, but but most mm-hmm. mostly in retail. And they're a nationwide retailer. So I ran a survey of our membership, wow. and I, I don't know, we got like forty percent, uh, and it was pretty, you know, it was, it was just four or five questions, but one of them was. You know, you know, have you changed your drug testing policy? And you know, how do you drug test? You know, and you know, your analysis, mouth swab, all that kind of stuff. And largely, mm-hmm. I, I found it interesting. Largely, the data showed that people are still pretty conventional employers. They still drug test most of their employees. They, I mean, you know, they they, they drug test all all new hires. Some of them still do random, mm-hmm. you know, random testing inside. Most still use your analysis. 
Um, but there, there, there was an, about 15% of the people that responded to my survey have indicated that they've shifted away from testing for all positions to testing for, you know, like you said, safety critical or, or that, that type of position. So there's, we're seeing a slow, I would say, but, you know, steady change in across the country as this, as this, uh, the use of marijuana becomes more and more legal, I guess. It, interesting. I, I know we didn't plan to talk about that, but it, when you when I heard it and associated it That's with That's a fascinating Colorado. topic. <laughs> I gave you yeah, the opening. Yeah, I'm, That's, I'm glad yeah. to hear that um, re, the results of your Q survey, too. I think it, it bears out. It's, it's definitely what I'm seeing on the ground here in Colorado um, in particular. Yeah, and, and and of course California and Washington and you know all the, all the West Coast states. It's, it's oh, yeah. still not as prevalent here in the East, although uh, especially in the Southeast where I live, it, you know it's it's still technically illegal except for medical in most states. And anyway, um, so you got yeah. so a couple few other things that we we're going to talk about Sherm eighteen, but but I wanted a, a few other things. Um, it's not it's not brand new and hot off the press anymore. But you're a, a relatively recently published author, right? You wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, I did. I I wrote a book that it's basically just a a good reminder for those of us who know how to hire, um, and kind of a good roadmap for folks who who might be new to the recruiting and hiring process. Um, it's called Driving Great Hires. Uh, so um, so that was a lot of fun, and I'm actually going to be speaking about authentic employer branding at Sherm Talent coming up on April 16th in uh, Las okay. Vegas. So I'm really looking forward to that. And and yeah, so so Sherm Talent is another. I've I've been to one or two of those. I've kind of helped them with social media stuff a couple times in the past. Yeah. It's not my it's not my area of expertise per se, but they're great conferences. I mean, Sherm does great events. Um, even the smaller ones are are, are always good. Um, but I, I was able to see. Yeah. Uh, I remember when, when a couple years ago, Cat Cole and Jim Knight were speakers. You know, kind of the keynotes, and then um, yeah, uh, Amazon and, and a lot of other companies were putting on. You know, putting talking about their hiring practices. A lot of stuff that you don't get to hear. You know, is in so much depth at even at the Sherm National. So it, it's it's a good show. You also, Kelly, sit on a. Uh, we've, we have, I'm I'm an alumni now, but you sit on a, an expertise panel yeah. for Sherm, right? Uh, tell tell us about that because I, I think do. a lot of people still don't know what those are. You know, I always say that um, it's my favorite opportunity to work with Sherm is on the special expertise panel. And one of the reasons is that um, I get the opportunity to talk with Sherm folks, their research people, um, uh, folks that are looking at trends in HR. Uh, I get to talk to media um, about HR issues um, and weigh in on Sherm's uh, resources. It, it just is a really great opportunity. And, you know, the very best thing is to get to meet and network with other HR pros in your area, which you, I know, you know, we've seen each other at those events too. It's just such a, a rich environment um, to learn from each other and to connect. So uh, I highly recommend it. And for any HR folks that are interested in applying for the panel, Typically, those applications come out in around June of the year for the following year. So watch for that. You can find information on the in the community section on the SHRM website at SHRM.org. 
Um, it's it's a really great um, organization, and that's a wonderful opportunity. It, it is. I did I did it. I think for four years on their labor relations panel I served. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and and what's really so that and that and in that one we worked. Uh, I think you probably worked with Tony Lee and some other folks. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But. I do. Yeah, yep. but yeah, yeah. Tony's big on the on the on the. He, he's big on driving the talent acquisition um, yeah. movement for Sherm. And and in my, in, a, in my panel, we worked with Mike Aiken and his his uh, government affairs and government relations team. And you know, yeah. it's great because you not only you you not only get like you know briefings from inside, you know, but you get to go and sit, you know, with those folks. For several hours, and they are very interested and attentive to the uh, the opinions of practitioners from the field. Um, it's not something that you can just wave wave your hand and go out, sign me up. It takes a while, and you have to meet a certain standard. But it really is one of the mm-hmm. best volunteer opportunities that Sherm offers, um, amongst many, in my opinion. So, I, I in fact, I yeah. uh, I didn't speak, I didn't speak with her in the same sense that I'm talking with you on the phone, but I. Uh, I had conversation earlier today with another member of your panel, which is Carol McDaniel's or Carol McDaniel from oh, Florida. Oh yeah, so, Carol's yeah, wonderful. Uh, like, today's my day for talking to the to the Sherm uh, ex, the talent expertise panel, I guess. Um, anyway, so <laughs> now now are you are you you're speaking? Are you doing anything else for Sherm at the at H, at the Sherm Talent or are any? Are you just going to kind of be there as an attendee and a speaker and you're not doing social yeah. or anything like that. So. Nope. Nothing formal there. Although, you know, when I'm on site for a conference, the social just happens because that's a really fun part of it for me and, right. you know, connecting with other attendees. Um, but we are actually having a talent acquisition special expertise panel in person meeting on Sunday before we start mm-hmm. the conference. So, uh, Sherm gave us the opportunity to get together as a panel, um, and it gives us a really exciting uh, way to kick off. Kind of, we've already met this year, but to to have our second meeting, um, and then we'll also, like all the other panels, we'll get to meet at Sherm Annual, um, which is such a great uh, meeting day when all of the panels get to come together. So, Sherm Talent is really important. Uh, kind of get together for our panel and then annual will be for everyone. I will, I'll probably be writing about the conference too. And uh, you may see something on the Sherm blog from me uh, on the, about the talent conference as well. So we'll see how that goes. I'm excited. Looking forward to it. (laughs) So you've been, you've been blogging since I met you, but I really don't know you know, when you got started with a blog. Um, so be, before we kind of verge over into Sherm 18, why don't you tell us about that, how you got involved in, in blogging and social media in general? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because uh, I've always, I've always loved to write. Um, and that's something that I think a lot of bloggers share, just a passion for writing. Um, and, you know, I've blogged on different topics just for fun as a hobby in the past. Um, but I started writing about HR uh, pretty much ex- exclusively in 2015. And um, I find it's a great way to connect and share with other people. I often 
will write a piece and someone will say, hey, I've been looking for something on this topic and I have it ready to go to share with them. Um, I also feel like we have such a rich community of HR bloggers and uh, the folks that are on Twitter especially. And uh, we also, uh, I have a connection with some bloggers on a Slack channel that I started so that we can share ideas and just kind of, you know, bounce things off of each other um, for the things that we're writing and thinking and talking about. So um, my blogging and my social media has led to some really fun in-person friendships. And uh, it's been a great, a really great experience for me. I recommend it highly to every HR pro. Sorry, yeah, but this, no, this, go this ahead. is what we need. Everyone with a blog. No, no, yeah. no. I, I agree with you. <laughs> no, that's not. No one, no one works anymore. We just write and then tweet at each other. We just um, write. No, I'm being, I know. I'm being sarcastic, uh, and I know. Yeah. Um, did, was the was the blog? No, you're also a recovering attorney, I think. And so I, I don't know when you yeah. hung out your. <laughs> So, like, what was that? Was the blogging coincidental with the career shift, or or was it more more part somewhere like evolutionary in the process? Yeah, you know that's a great question. Um, my career shift happened a long time ago, uh, away from legal as kind of a focus, uh, a exclusive focus, because um, in every job I've ever had, I use that background. But practicing, sure. I actually haven't practiced law since the late 90s. I I learned very early on that it wasn't the right career for me. Um, but it comes in so handy in all of my work, that kind of background. And and um, I, I definitely, definitely utilize it a lot. Um, one thing about the blogging, uh, what really precipitated it was that it was such a good resource for my clients. So um, it's part. It really more coincided with my decision to go out on my own in a consulting company um, that I really ramped that up. So it was more around, okay, what is it my clients need right now? And if if I know that they need it, other people might be able to find it useful too. So that's really more right. where it came from. Cool. I. Uh... I was talking to Mike Haberman the other day, and he's he's got his own you know his own consulting business, had it for a long time, and yeah. he, he was talking about his his writing, and he you know he he I think I'm quoting him when he said, and I am pro, I am a prolific blogger. He writes five days a week. Um, oh, how often? Do you, write? you know, I try to I try to write and post weekly. That's my goal. Um, I accomplished that maybe 80, 70, 80% of the time. Um, you know, I, I try to have a presence at least, you know, every month, even if things are really busy. But um, I really admire those everyday writers. I, um, I feel like, you know, I have to balance um, my writing with my – not just with life and with the other things I want to do outside of work, but also with the fact that I, as a consultant, I really have to be super efficient with my time in order to make things mm-hmm. work for my business. So, um, so I, I, I feel like if I did write every day, I'm not sure that I have enough to say. I think Mike is, has so much great content and so much experience and, 
and uh, a lot to offer on a, a wide variety of topics. I don't know that I have enough to do it every day. Yeah. And I don't I have a sense of humor early. like Lori Rudiman either. <laughs> so right. She comes up with, right. you know, she's writing every day, amazing stuff. But uh, but I, I just don't have enough ideas at the moment. Maybe that'll change someday. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Lori's Lori's got a uh, Lori's got a podcast coming out too. Another there's a there's a growing surge oh, of podcasters, and I think I think it'll launch sometime next week. So um, it, it coincidentally with out for that. some of those. I think it's it's called something like Let's Fix Work. Um, I believe that there's a, oh. a a launch scheduled. I'm not sure exactly what day, but yeah, that's uh, that that ought to be interesting because she's. Uh, she, she's of quick quick wit and quick mind for sure. Um, so yeah. we've got like nine minutes left. Um, let, I want to talk about Sherm 18. Before I do that, yeah. I guess um, I want to do a couple silly questions. Uh, there, I've done I've done them intermittently. <laughs> I've tried to ask them all. I loved that yesterday <laughs> and posted on Twitter. We didn't get to the questions, but for the record, I, I, <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Now I start. It's like, so, so I have three. I have three silly questions. Um, the first one, and I don't know if you've listened to any of the shows, but the first one is, you know, because of the, you know, a lot of the, the conference centers have a contract with one soft drink company or another. There's always controversy about what's going to be served. So my question <laughs> is, are you pro Pepsi or pro Coke? I'm pro Coke Zero. Coke Zero. Okay. That's and they don't good. always have it. And if there's no right. Coke Zero, then I drink seltzer. <laughs> okay. So, all right. And I'll bring so it go, from the like, grocery store. <laughs> you, you like water with bubbles in it if, in the absence of – I do. Of, in the absence, in the absence of, Coke of Coke Zero. Zero. That's the way I roll. All right. <laughs> and you know, and, and, and you, know the, you know the strange HR obsession with bacon. So are you a, a bacon fan or, or no? Bacon is always good, but in moderation, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm not a uh, slicer like some of these folks are. I, yeah. like, I like it, like, crumbled on my salad. Like, I'm a big Cobb salad fan. Um, I okay. like bacon. I like it in chocolate. So, you know, I'm adventurous with my bacon, but I don't like to overdo yeah. it. Oh my God! One time, I was I was visiting a, a hotel as a potential future conference site. It was in Louisville, Kentucky, yeah. of all places. And, and they knocked Ooh, on yeah. the door and they brought me this stuff. And I, I was like, I didn't order that. And they're like, Oh no, compliments to the house, you know, blah blah blah. And it was a couple bottles of beer and it, and a plate that was covered with a napkin. And I pulled off pulled the napkin off the plate and it was six big slices of bacon that had each been dipped in chocolate and allowed to. And I was like. Ooh. I never, and I was like, so then I ate, like, I'm like, well, I got to try it. And then there suddenly yeah, somehow there was yeah. none left and I was looking for more. So I didn't do moderation <laughs> when it was bacon and chocolate. It was, it was one of the best things Good I've ever eaten. Good with beer too. I would, never have, I would never have thought of trying it. Anyway, so this has nothing to do with yeah. Shemay Tina. But so anyway, bacon in moderation. I still haven't found, yes. I still haven't found a vegan blogger. I know they exist. But I haven't talked to one on this series yet. Ah, um, I am not vegan. In my life? Yeah, yeah. I know it's a streak. I'm like 19 and 0. Um, and then the third, <laughs> and then, yes, 
I, I keep saying that, that are you going to go see the band on Tuesday night to people, but I guess they haven't even said who the band is yet, which is kind of weird. I'm assuming it's a band and not a comedian. Usually, I think by now they've yeah. announced the entertainment. But so so there's apparently a mystery entertainment opportunity. I never go personally to those mm. things, but would do you typically attend the Tuesday night event or do you seek out some other alternative? I typically give my um, tickets to whatever, whoever is working with the volunteers so they get to go yep. instead. Um, I, I'm not a big concert goer kind of person. I like more small group. I'm a little bit of an introvert, frankly. So I'd, I'd love the opportunity to go to another event where I can talk in small groups or see the sites or, you know, network in another way. Um, although I have heard that the Tuesday night event is always a blast and people love it. Um, so, you know, it's not, it's no reflection on the entertainment choice or, or how they organize it. Cause people always tell me how much fun they've had. Um, but, but yeah, personally, I'm not, I don't go. So, um, and then I have one other, um, one other question and this is, this is something that's been on my mind and I've talked a little bit privately about, about it with Andrew Morton. Um, and you live, the reason I'm asking mm-hmm. you is you live in a, in a hub of a certain airline. Um, so there are two keynote speakers that keep, that Facebook, I'm sorry, yeah, Sherm has lined up. One is Sheryl Sandberg from Facebook mm-hmm. and the other uh, Oscar Minos from who's the CEO of United. And both, the, yeah. you know, and, and in fact, right now, Facebook is in hotter water than United, but both of them have faced, you know, our <laughs> leaders, you know, either CEO or COO at companies that have had, you know, brand and customer service issues and stuff like that. I'm not trying to bash them. I'm, I think it's a wonderful opportunity for them to step up and kind of address people who live for leadership, you know, the HR group. Um, yeah. I just wonder, yeah. like, I, I, I like it. And I guess my question to you, since you live in a, a you know, Denver's a, a United Hub is, what would you like yeah. to hear, whether it's, whether it's uh, the, you know, the United guy or the Facebook woman, what would you like to hear them say if, if they were talking to you? if you don't mind answering that yeah. question. No, I love that question, Michael. And what I feel like is we need some real, uh, we need to see some vulnerability and authenticity in the way they respond to these very real and public situations that are going on with their companies. So by that, I mean, I don't want to hear a canned um, inspirational speech. Um, I, w- I would love for them to actually acknowledge the the trust problems that they've had with their organization and tell us how they are meeting those challenges so that we can learn from them and take that back to our organizations. Um, I think that some of the best learnings we get are during crisis, and I think both of them have the ability to speak to that, and I really hope they do, and I'm looking forward to hearing both of them. I do, too, I do too and that's kind of, that was, that's kind of my point too is I I hope they don't come in and give sort of a canned you know we have a great culture you know that kind of thing you know or Q and A's yeah they have a real opportunity and I'd love to see them step up um and, you know and again I'm not trying to bash it's just it's such there's such big questions right now you know that it, it it's great opportunity for leadership so thanks for thanks for sharing your opinion on that we have two minutes and thirty oh, yeah. four seconds left. So tell tell us um, you know tell us your your quick plan for for hacking blogging at Sherm 
event in Sherm 18. What do you hope to accomplish while you're there, Kelly? I am, you know, the first thing that I always look for at Sherm 18 is um, connecting with people. So those might be people I haven't met yet in person or people I already know. Um, so I'm looking for opportunities to do that and looking for the sessions that really challenge me to think in a different way. And there always are lots of choices. Um, one that I keep saying I'm really looking forward to is Mary Faulkner from Colorado is speaking at this mm -hmm. year's Sherm 18. So I'm going to be there in the front row. I'm always at Steve's session looking for um, Jennifer uh, is going to be there again, mega sessions. I'm in advance of the conference, I'm actually getting the opportunity as a blogger to talk to some of the speakers, and I'm pushing them because uh, I can't wait to get their information out on the SHRM blog. So uh, there'll mm -hmm. be more to come from me on those folks that I'm talking to. Um, but I just, I really love the energy of the annual conference. There's nothing like it anywhere. And so um, that energy kind of feeds us as HR pros and pushes us through the year ahead until we meet again at the annual conference again. So um, just really excited to keep my eyes open and my ears open so I can share what I'm seeing and, and hearing and feeling about the conference with everyone else as a blogger. Great. Well said. I, uh, yeah, and I'll, re I'll close by reiterating what I said at the beginning. I met Kelly a couple years ago through Sherm National, and as she said, we've become really uh, great professional friends. It's always a joy to see her. And, and so I, I would say, just to echo her, you know, find some people to talk to. You never know what, what door is going to open and, um, you know, that people, that how you'll get to know people professionally and personally in ways that, that you, you can't really find anywhere else. Kelly, I, I want to thank you for being on drive through today. We have about 15 seconds, 10 seconds. So are they, they're, they're arguing with me. So I'll, I'll, I'll just say thank you in closing and I'll, I'll see you in, uh, I'll see you in Chicago in a few weeks. See you in Chicago, Michael. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye-bye.